That uh, also leads me to the next question I'd like to ask you, Arif, about the, um, uh, the report itself, which is an annual report. Um, but the situation may change quickly all the time. So one question is, um, are we um, identifying the problem with the right frequency, but also from what Bess was saying, um, but just looking at, okay, is there a food price situation, but also how vulnerable are existing situations to detect uh, the, um, uh, the risk of a food crisis from breaking out. So having said that, so what is your perspective on the early warning systems we have? Are they adequate? Um, and what more would need to be done to get to that early warning, early action systems that can not just detect the crisis, but also its causes? and give a, an entry point to what needs to be done. Thanks, Rob. Um, I think we have come a long way. Um, I started with the World Food Program uh, about 15 years ago, and my first crisis was therefore uh, crisis. And, um, you know, a, a perfectly good answer for certain things was it's a no-go area, so we don't know. And that was acceptable answer uh, for international community. And we worked on ad hoc levels of information when it came in or out. You worked on that. Today, um, I don't think there are any no-go areas left because you may not be able to step in, but you can always get information from those places out. That's um, thanks to technology. Um, just to give you examples of that, um, in WFP through VAM, um, we are using mobile methods uh, where we have a time series, uh, monthly time series of early warning information or food security information from places like Yemen, Syria, South Sudan, which five years ago was almost impossible. Right? We, have, uh, we are using um, satellite imagery to see how camps are expanding, shrinking, in terms of refugees. It was impossible to, to, to that, do that uh, only a few years ago. We can even track, um, you know, when an earthquake happens or when a hurricane happens and people leave, uh, whether it is Kathmandu Valley or it's uh, Hurricane Matthew in Haiti, when they left, where did they go? Through mobile technologies. We can also find out when they're starting to come back. And all this to say that our ability to see is much more today than it has been before. This is not to what, what bothers me or what is, what is really difficult in our job right now is that we have um, 79 million people in conflict-affected areas. So even if you can see it, what do you do about it? That's really the, the, the tough question. On the data side, what we, we find is that because it is conflict, it doesn't make sense to ask a lot of questions because things are changing so quickly. But what you must do is ask often. So ask less, but ask often. And if we can do that, we have information which we can then feed to our operations so our operations can adjust as necessary. That's, that's, that's one thing. The second thing uh, for me on the data side, uh, Rob, as you mentioned, quality can always be better. 
it's not one glove fits all. It's not that we have best data from every place. It, it depends on the environment in which we are collecting data. So if you have two hours in a place, you're going to do one thing. If you have two days in a place, you're going to do something totally different. And we have to keep that in mind and be transparent in what we are saying. You know. But bottom line is we have to have data, and we have more data today to affect better decision-making. Um, the other thing which is very relevant to that is that more and more it's about real-time and near real-time data. Uh, the days of doing six weeks of uh, food security monitoring and trying to get a report out are almost over. If you cannot go in and find something within three or four, maybe a couple of weeks, the validity of that information is, is gone. So you have, to, you have to worry about it. On the IPC thing, what we think is I think we have come a long, long way. I think it's, uh, it's uh, between Cadre Harmonese, between IPC. We are giving the, the responsibility to regions. Uh, there's a, but there is an element of capacity development there, which we need to focus. Uh, there is an element of improving the timing of those analysis. Because remember, I mean, food security is not a static concept, right? So what we see today is not necessarily the case tomorrow. So when you gather all this and collate all this and you present it, this is about yesterday. It is not about tomorrow. Maybe a little bit about today, but it's not about tomorrow. How do we go to tomorrow? This is where we are trying to focus and take this report through the global platform and all of that. I'm sure Dominique will, will, will talk about that. And the other thing which is important is that it has to be a global public good. If we are doing all of this work, then it shouldn't just be used by WFP and FAO and, and a few others. It has to be a global public good, which is useful both for humanitarian purposes, but also for development purposes. And when European Union came, ECHO and DEVCO came together to, to, to provide funding for this, I think that was bringing this, uh, working from this same page concept out. And uh, my, my final, I have a couple of final points. One is about if we can see more, can we do more? Because what we are seeing, and I, I want to just give you a little bit of example here. In 2016, when you look at the humanitarian financial data, $27 billion came in, fourth consecutive increase. Private sector, everybody included, not just OED, uh, either uh, OECD or DAC. 54% of that went to four countries, just four countries. The remaining went to 44 countries. So in those 44 remaining countries, the needs were met anywhere from 5% to 95%. But now you look at your IPC, you're saying, hey, phase three and above is somebody in bad state. Well, they're in bad state in those four countries, but also another, what, 47 countries. What about that? And when we look in the, we live in a globalized world, it's not that people don't see what we do in one place versus another. So what about the inequality in assistance? And we are seeing more of, the, more of that because people will ask you. I can tell you, I personally have experienced this, where I was standing in, DRC, uh, in Central African Republic, 
And a person came to me and said, ah, you guys give packages of food to Syrians, and we have to scoop our food. <laughs> what is your answer to that? You don't have an answer. So for me, as we are getting this data, as we are seeing more things very, very openly, as we are knowing people more, our responsibilities as, as, as humanitarian, as development partners and donors are also increasing because the onus is on us. What do we do with it? Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you, Arif. Uh, very clear, so we, we know more, we can see more, but yet uh, we, we still have questions what to do with it.